0: Welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. Today we look at the aha moment of the Epiphany season. Here is this week's message from guest pastor Tom Fisher. Grace and peace and mercy in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Here we are between Christmas and Easter in a very, very long epiphany season. Easter's going to be late this year. Epiphany is that aha moment when our baptismal faith in Christ again reminds us who Jesus is and what he has completed for us. An aha moment. Many of us had those. I had one last week. I picked up a couple of uh, older jet skis and i um, Restoring them in my garage. (laughs) It's another good thing my wife's not here today, anyway. (laughs) So I'm trying to get out the jet pump that's in the back of this thing. I got all the bolts out, all the seals are out, everything is out, but it won't budge. I spent half a day on this silly thing. So I say, okay. I take a break, go and have a cup of tea, and I got out the shop manual. Ladies, no. (laughs) And I found out that there was a hose inside of this thing that I didn't remove. Aha. I removed the hose, and the pump about fell out in my hands. And I was reminded that I am not all-knowing. I am stubborn. I am prideful. I cannot do everything. Sometimes I believe I cannot do anything. We Christians also need those humbling reminders that we do need salvation, that we need help. Our readings today have that wonderful contrast of blessings, curses, life, and death. And it's a good time in this epiphany season to remind us that we cannot save ourselves. We need help. We need a lot of help. We want to be blessed, happy, full of life in the spirit. We do not want to be cursed. We do not want to perish. We do not want to weep. We don't want to die. In our reading from 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying to the church, Aha! Life is in Jesus. Death is in Satan. And I want to talk about that first verse of the first psalm that Pastor read just uh, recently. And it outlines our Christian walk. That life is in Christ, and death is in following the ways of the devil. And it is a very slippery slope. Way back in the Garden of Eden, Satan has his big three. Did God really say that? You surely won't die. You can be like God. And we are all tempted as Adam and Eve were in the garden. Satan presents sin to us as a novel idea. God's word isn't all that true. Then we get used to it. It seems okay. There's been no consequences for my action. It must be okay. Then it becomes law. I'm the boss of me, I begin to say. A slippery slope to death. I remember a time when living out of wedlock was verboten. My mother would have killed me. Look at us now. Psalm 1, verse 1. Starts out with three words, very important. Do not walk, do not stand, do not sit. Do not walk. It is our nature to imitate sin and follow the ways of the world. It just is. I had a cup of tea before service. Our sinful nature is like that tea bag that hits hot water. It just has to turn color. It is our nature to follow sinful ways. But when we stand, when we become complacent with those sinful actions and behavior, we're on that slope. But when we sit, when we now sit with the scoffers and say, I can make the rules. I can interpret scriptures as I see fit. I can read some scriptures and I can eliminate others because I don't like them. But God has not forgotten us. He sent the spirit of truth to help us. But what I want to talk about today is he uses a very important part of his creation to also help us that we don't talk about too much. And that's the angels. And so during this Epiphany season, I want to spend some time on these guys, the angels. Pastor mentioned just last week about the seraphim and God's message to Isaiah. Remember, the seraphim takes the hot coal and touches Isaiah's lips to open his eyes and his heart to God's word. <laughs> Talk about an aha moment. And when you look at Christmas and Easter, there's just chock full of angels. But our knowledge is limited. We don't know a lot about the angels and our culture, and our history has confused the concept through mysticism, mythology, and paganism. We're confused about what they can do, what they cannot do. The very word angels brings up amazing images to us. Maybe a fancy painting in a cathedral in a fresco. Maybe statues or certainly decorations that we put on our Christmas trees. Whimsical comic strips that portray beloved family members. Grandpa, with wings sitting on a cloud. Vivid discussions in magazines and, of course, television. Angels are woven into our culture. We have hell's angels. And if you're old enough, we have Charlie's angels. (laughs) We have angel's food cake. We have devil's food cake. And the world of wine and liquor. We have the angel's share in what evaporates from the barrel over time, and we have the devil's cut, the part that soaks into the barrel. I don't drink anymore, but I just want to bring out. All these images come from a collective collage of tradition, history, be it Christian, biblical, or true. But I want to go to God's word. What does God's word say about angels? We know that our scriptures are the only reliable source of what's heavenly because it came from god and it tells us what we need to know about angels need to know there are a lot of things we want to know that the bible doesn't tell us but that's god's plan that's not the purpose of scriptures the purpose of scriptures is uh, very simple it's in Uh, Look it up. It's in uh, the book of John, chapter 30. These words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That's it. The word angel means messenger. Angels are generally, usually inhabitants of heaven. They're God's creatures. He created them they're part of god's plan they had a beginning they do not have an end they don't die and because the faithful angels did not succumb to satan they did not sin now we do not turn into angels after we die the gospels matthew mark and luke all say at the resurrection people will neither marry nor be given in marriage they can no longer die they will be like the angels in heaven we won't be angels we will be like the angels that we too will be sinless we too will not die heaven will be complete we do not need spouses or families we do not turn into angels we do not get our wings when a bell rings we're not able to go back and forth between heaven and earth. We don't turn into ghosts. We don't haunt the graveyard. We don't roam the earth. The Long Island medium cannot conjure up grandma, but may be able to conjure up the devil, and I'll get to that in a minute. When a, believer's, uh, when a believer dies, his soul is carried to heaven to be with our Lord, waiting peacefully until that last day when our bodies are created new, and joined with our souls, and are with Christ forever. An unbeliever's soul is not so. It goes into torment and will remain in torment and damnation. As far as the origin of angels, they were created by God during that first six 24-hour days of creation. We know this because God on the sixth day said, all is well, all is done, all is good. And he rested. When exactly they were created really doesn't matter. But we know they were created as powerful spiritual beings that we normally cannot see. And there's a lot of them. Scripture records in the book of Daniel 10,000 times 10,000 angels. They're not small. They're not childlike. They're not weak. When you read the scriptures, what's the first thing an angel says when greeting a human being? Do not be afraid. There must be a good reason for that. Angels are not all-powerful. They're not all-knowing. They're not everywhere at once. Only God is. Only God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and can be anywhere at once. Only God knows the thoughts of our hearts. Neither Satan nor the angels can read our minds but they do observe our behaviors. Angels don't carry harps. They don't have halos. Scripture speaks of three kinds of angels. Angels, of course, but also the seraphim and the cherubim. The cherubim are the highest ranking and most frightening of these creatures. God has cherubim guarding the very throne of of God's throne in heaven. God assigned cherubim to guard the Garden of Eden after we were kicked out. Cherubs were fashioned by Moses to sit on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, representing God's guards of things. Cherubim are the closest to God in heaven. Prophet Isaiah says, O Lord, almighty God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. Ezekiel, when he was taken into heaven, describes the cherubim in great detail. Strange, fearsome creatures with four wings guarding the God's throne. Cherubim are not to be messed with. Seraphim are messenger angels, mentioned only once in scriptures, as we heard last week. When Isaiah was commissioned, Seraphim are six-winged creatures, constantly praising God. Holy, holy, holy with an unending hymn of praise. What a great job. Since the time of the beginning, angels have been uh, at very important events in in our history. Uh, Abraham entertained angels. Lot was delivered from Sodom by angels. Jesus, Joshua, was encouraged by an angel. Angel girl, angels showed great power in defeating the Assyrians. and they had a significant presence in Jesus' ministry. This brings up the Christmas and Easter. An angel came to Mary, the angel Gabriel, in fact, comes to Mary to tell her that she will be bearing the Savior. And then an angel comes to comfort Joseph. Many, many angels appeared that night over the shepherds to announce the birth of our Savior. Jesus was ministered to angels in the wilderness. Angels comforted Mary at the tomb of the resurrection. The apostle John was visited by angels when he was in prison and given the visions of the book of Revelation. Angels are present at Jesus' assumption into heaven, comforting the disciples. And even today, angels rejoice when one soul is brought back to the Lord. Think of it. When one soul comes back through our proclamation of the gospel, all of the angels in heaven rejoice with us. We have two angels by name, Michael and Gabriel. Michael is in the book of Daniel as a powerful angel that will usher in the last day. And Gabriel, of course, came to talk to Mary angels are still around, and yes, we have guardian angels. What a comfort it is to know that our Lord sends us messengers in time of need. Great story in Acts chapter 12. Remember when Peter is put in prison, and he's released from prison through the action of angels again, and when Peter gets out, he goes to the house of Mary. Many are gathered praying for Peter. He knocks at the door of the gateway, and a servant girl named Rhoda comes and sees Peter, doesn't let him in, runs back to the group and says, hey, Peter's out at the door. And they say, you're nuts. It must be his angel. You may have experienced miraculous things yourselves that you can't explain. I have. Maybe many of you have as well. The angels also sometimes come to surprise us. Book of Hebrews says, Do not forget to entertain strangers. For doing so, some people entertained angels without knowing it. You never know when God is going to put an opportunity in front of you to witness to his great powers and his salvation. But there is bad news. Sometime at the very beginning of time, During creation, something awful happened. Something so terrible happened that it changed the course of human existence forever. Sometime between the creation of the angels and the creation of Adam and Eve, one of the chief cherubs at the throne of Christ, Satan, became prideful. Isaiah records the event that Satan saying he would make himself like God. Satan also convinced many other angels to follow him and they became prideful. Then this devil deceived Adam and Eve and they became prideful and disobeyed God. You can be like God, Satan says. And this brought death and sin into humanity. And the rest is our sad history. Scripture records that one third of the angels were condemned by God. They are offered no salvation no Jesus, no grace, no hope. And they are the demons that plague mankind today. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it says that the devil's primary goal is to torture us Christians. The sole purpose of Satan and his demons is to separate you and me from God's plan, God's word, and God's salvation. They will masquerade as good angels, good people, good idea. They'll whisper to us, your sin is not all that bad. God really doesn't care about you. Look at the world around you. The Bible is just another book. No other holy book in the world has been edited or changed or shortened except the Bible. And its questions are simple. God really say that? And you can be like God. And that gets us back to the mediums and fortune tellers and mind readers. They aren't calling on loved ones, they're calling on demons. Remember, these demons knew these people. They've been around since the creation. And they can explain very detailed actions of your grandmother, great-grandmother, and so forth, with a sole purpose of separating you from God's word and trusting in dark magic. Satan has an organization, very well organized. Ephesians chapter 6, wonderful representation from Paul, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Do we need to know anything else about Satan? No. But we need to be aware in our walk as Christians to not enter into that slippery slope. Paul encourages us to be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But this is a good news place. Jesus defeated Satan for us on the cross at Calvary. Let me repeat that. Jesus defeated Satan for us on the cross at Calvary. Strength to combat this devil comes through God's word and his sacrament. Satan is repelled by God's word. He has to be. There's safety in numbers. That is why we gather together to strengthen each other in this fight that we have against these powers. This Christian walk on earth is not easy. But by Jesus' victory, we use his word to reject temptations, reject the lies, and seek first the kingdom of heaven. And when we do sin, we can repent and receive forgiveness as we all have this morning. And through Calvary, even Satan can't pull us away from Christ. All heaven and earth, all the angels, all the heavenly hosts, all the faithful, and all those who have died, all worship and praise this God who sits on the throne in risen glory. Even the powerful cherubim cannot block our access to our Lord. Even down to our weakest sinner, we've been given full access to Christ through the blood of Calvary. We celebrate this communion in our worship service. We give praise and glory to Jesus our Lord and His Word. We receive His gifts through His grace. And the glory, of our hymn of praise, we sing that song the angels sang over the fields in Bethlehem. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to people on earth. As the worship service continues, we prepare to receive the very body and blood of Christ in Holy Communion. And it is here where we pray the great thanksgiving and sanctus. And this, dear friends in Christ, is the most special and sacred time in our worship where heaven and earth actually join together and we pray and so with the angels and the archangels and the whole company of heaven we laud and magnify your glorious name and join in their unending hymn of praise and as at this time the entire company of heaven the angels all of our departed loved ones who have died in the faith our wives, our husbands, our grandmothers, grandfathers, children, those we don't know, all join with us faithful believers here on earth, and we all pray together the song of the seraphim. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And on that last day, we will be joined together and offer that same praise and glory to God, but in heaven and in person. And the last thing the angels do is carry us to heaven on their arms, singing together, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What a comfort we have in God's plan. Jesus closed our gospel reading with, or today anyway, rejoice in that day of trouble. For surely your reward is great in heaven. May we always stay close to our Lord and give him thanks, rejoicing with the whole host of heaven. As I began our service, blessed, happy, and full of life in the Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And now may this peace and comfort, that does pass all understanding, Guard our hearts and minds truly and firmly in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.